I want you to just let God do a great work and let the anointing fall in this place today. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Amen. Come on. God is in this place. Amen. We desire the presence of God. And uh, when we have the presence of God in the real thing. And that's why they play those things in a hospital and not everybody in that hospital knows the Lord, but they know the presence of God. They go, well, that's something I just, you know, I don't know about, but it's, that, that's powerful. Amen. Oh, I love the presence of God, don't you? You know how the presence of God comes in? You know what causes it, right? Worship and praise. Can I tell you something? The service uh, actually got going very long, and the Lord told me to tell you that the praiseless are faithless, and the faithless are powerless. So praise and worship are so very key. When you come into the house of God, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If you want the Lord to do mighty things in your life, learn to be a praiser. Learn to be a worshiper. Oh, give him praise right now. Go ahead. Somebody give him a shout. Somebody say, I love you, Jesus. I don't want the time to get away from us, so I'm going to go ahead and get into the word of the Lord. Amen. And it is always a pleasure to be with you. Amen. They are in the middle of preaching right now in Orlando, and uh, we're just beginning, so we're a little bit behind them. Uh, but, you know, they uh, that's all right, though. And I'll try to be as brief as I can, but I feel the Holy Ghost here today. And I want God to do something. I don't come to church just to have a ritual. Yes. I come to church because I want to see God do something. Yes. I want God to move today. Don't you want God to move? Yes. Yes. Praise God. The scripture today is found in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and verses 6 through 8. And they can put that on the screen if they want to. And um, I want to say uh, hello to so many of you. and Love you. Appreciate you. Uh, good to see you. And I love everybody here. Some of you, I know better than others and but it's just a pleasure for sister jones and i to be here with you and no that's not my son there that's my grandson <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> brother mark likes to think he's my son he loves it when people ask him is that your dad he's a kick out of that but <laughs> anyway, it's good to be here in the house, Lord. Good to be with my mom and dad. We love them. We appreciate them so much. It's good to have them back with us, isn't it? They have been so very important in my life, and uh, I appreciate them. Love them. Um, good to see uh, the Dennis's, brother and sister Dennis. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all so much. Hallelujah. And Sister Wallace, God bless you. So good yeah. to see you. This is a great woman of faith right here. Yeah. Her husband is going on to be with the Lord. And we buried him a few years ago. And uh, 
buried his body, I should say, yes. to the Lord. And, uh, but she's still carrying on. And yes, we love you, Sister Wallace, and appreciate you so very much. She's a wonderful child of God. Hallelujah. And I can just go on and on, but let me just get into this, okay? Amen. Paul said for to a young man named Timothy, who was writing to him and giving him some instruction of what a young man should do if he wants to become successful in the Lord. And Paul's now about ready to leave the earth. His ministry's over. And he's letting this young man and the church know that. He says, for I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them also that love is appearing. Amen. And uh, I'm going to let you be seated with that. And I want to give, before I start preaching, I want to give the Lord uh, some praise. And Brother Carlos. Plenty there. And I want you to take a look at these and uh, not to get your mind off of the message today, but I want you to look at these because. Uh, Brother Mark has felt in his spirit that it's time for this church to start uh, putting out uh, or putting together a building fund. And I know some of you, I believe you've already started giving some amounts to the building fund. I don't know what that is. We have it in our records and all. But um, I know that just recently we happened here in the church. You may have heard about it. It is that uh, we had a, a water line break here. And it flooded the area and so forth. And several of the men, I don't know who all came down, uh, but they came down and they worked here and they did a bunch of work getting it back together, etc., etc. Well, because your bishop is a is a contractor, um, we're able to do that um, through my company. And so, what happened is that the insurance company, of course, uh, reimbursed for the damages for the uh, for the work for the labor for all of those things, and uh, uh, I want you to know that for your building fund, that you know, I, I'm turning all of that money over to your building fund. That's not uh, coming to me or anything, but it's flowing through my company because it has to. Uh, but we're turning that in. So let me just give you a praise report. So as of right now, we start off with uh, a little over seven thousand dollars in the building fund. So before you ever pray about what you're going to give and what you can do, and uh, we've already got you know seven thousand, maybe a little bit more, but somewhere around seven thousand uh, in the building fund. So we thank the Lord for that. You know, God is so faithful to us. I was preaching, uh, and I guess I'll get to this eventually, but uh, I was preaching in South Carolina a few weeks ago. And while I was up there, the Lord laid on my heart uh, an amount. I was up there preaching to them. Uh, they were taking up their faith promise uh, offerings, and they wanted me to preach that message because I've seen God do such great things through faith giving. And uh, in the course of that service, the Lord laid it upon uh, my heart and Sister Joel's heart that uh, we were going to give to that congregation on that day. We were going to give them $5,000 to help them toward their faith promise. They have a mortgage 
that they're wanting to burn, they're wanting to pay off. And I felt very impressed with God that we were not up there just to preach to them and, and so forth, but that we were there to uh, demonstrate our faith in God and what God can do. And uh, so we, we felt good about it. And so at the end of the service, uh, they started receiving the, the faith promises and so forth. And I, uh, I told them after they gave that, you know, what we were doing. And so we gave $5,000 to that. Now, that's not our city. That's not our church. That's not my field of labor. I really could have said, well, you know, if I'm going to give $5,000, i am going to wait until I get back home and give it to you know, Orlando or give it to Claremont or whatever. But the point is, is that you've got to do, you've got to have faith in God. That came back to us just like that isn't that amazing how God can bless you when you are faithful to him and so during the service won't you be listening to the preaching and uh, but at the same time won't you also be praying and saying God what 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 do you want me to do because church you need a building you need a building you need a location you need permanence we talked about that before and uh, God wants to do that for you uh, and my grandson is saying amen right <laughs> So that's quite all right. Uh, but anyways, I want you to pray about that as we preach today. You know, just recently, let me give you another praise report, is that uh, the last month at the Orlando Pentecost Church has been an exciting month. It's been just incredible. It's probably been the best time of our whole entire history. I mean, we've had incredible things that have taken place. And um, just uh, within the last month, we had, um, as you might know, some of you know this, some of you may not, uh, we had land years and years and years ago, like 20, 30 years ago, that was donated to our church. And uh, God has blessed us through that incredibly. And I don't have time to tell you about all of that, but we had this one piece of property. But the Lord just had me hold it and just hold it and hold it. And uh, it had a cell tower on it. So we made a bunch of money for the ministry uh, through that cell tower and uh, used it to do things like start churches and support offerings to things and so forth. And um, But just recently, a man came along and he said, you know, I want to buy that land from you. And we just were kind of amazed. I thought $200,000 for that land, we would feel like we'd, you know, just, you know, been given a, 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 a lottery amount of money or something, you know, and because uh, we really had no idea that it had any worth at all. When time, what happened is that um, they sent their engineers out there and they did all this and that and the other. And the bottom line is, is that just within the last month, we sold that piece of property for $750,000. Isn't God good? Isn't that incredible? $750,000 for a piece of property that was donated to us. Amen. 
Oh, God can do it in Claremont just like he did it in Orlando. Do you have faith in God? You've got to have faith that God wants to bless this church. God wants to do great things among you and you. you miracle world will look at us and go man you know what their god is a powerful god right. these other gods are dead gods these are right. the people over here they're not happy but when when you they look at us they all say there's something about those people it's not just the presence of god but their god takes care of them right. didn't we sing today about Jehovah Jireh right. he is our provider right and if you need a building, God will help you get a building. Amen. But you have to do your part and you give. So we're asking you to pray over those. Think about those. Let the Lord talk to you through this service. Maybe you'll fill it out even before you go home today. And you'll bring it to the pastor and give it to him. And uh, we want to do a building fund. And, and, you know, I hate to set a goal for a church. And it's not, I'm not a pastor here. I'm a bishop. But, uh you know, I, I just always like to say, you know, a good starting point is $100,000. The boy be just good to have $100,000 to just kind of have seed money. And I, I believe when you get to that point, you almost could, the Lord will look at congregation and go, you know what? That's not that many people. And they gave $100,000 or well, they built that up to $100,000. Believe me, God takes. Feel from God. I would just tell you, don't hesitate to do it because God will take care of you. I, I'm testimony of that. God will provide for you. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you today about you have a destiny. Amen. You have vacations. Pastor just came back from one. He showed me the pictures. A uh, wonderful time he had and so forth. But uh, and, and we have specific destinations in mind. I know there are some people that they take RVs and they travel and go wherever and so forth. Uh, but, you know, uh, they just kind of go wherever the, the mood hits them. But most of us, when we go on a vacation, we go somewhere. I read a story just recently about a man. They called him Super Mario. His first name is Mario. And he lives on one of the cruise ships uh, for one of the cruise lines. He lives there. He's lived there for over 20 years now. And uh, he just kind of goes from wherever the next uh, best deal is. And most of the time, he cruises from Miami, cruises into the Caribbean and all around the Caribbean and so forth and so on. And uh, that's his lifestyle. That's his journey, you know. For him, I can try to encourage him, but you know what? Their problems are not going to become my problems. Uh, their hang-ups are not going to be my hang-ups. Uh, uh, th th their deficiencies are not going to become my deficiencies. Amen. Because i got a goal. I want to reach heaven. Don't you want to reach heaven? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This was the Apostle Paul's goal. He said, I finished my course. I kept the faith. He gave up his earthly path of being a Pharisee. He had power. He had notoriety. He had recognition. He was one of the spiritual rulers over Israel. But in order to gain the heavenly goal of salvation for himself and for others, he gave it all up. He said, God is more important than anything. You see, we don't reach our heavenly goal by accident any more than we'll reach our earthly goals. It won't be, happen because of an emotional moment in your life at an altar. 
It won't happen because of one sermon that was preached. I feel the Holy Ghost in this is that you have to understand in this day and time we live with all the mess going on and all the garbage going on in this world that's all designed to get you to lose your faith in God that's right. and to backslide Satan has a plan to try to destroy you do you know that the devil hates the church and he wants to try to destroy the church and, and one preacher said this well, Carlos told me about this one preacher said this that what we're going through today is actually the Lord allowing things to come in like this to purify the church. Right. Get rid of the faithless. Get rid of the weakness. Get rid of those that, that won't believe and trust in God. Yeah. Amen. And let the church be pure. And let the church be powerful. And let the church be faithful. And let the church be praises and worship. And we have a destiny in God. I do not believe no matter how bad it gets with the, with our, our economy and with gas prices and all this other garbage that's going on, uh, it doesn't matter how bad it gets, uh, the church is going to leave this earth not whimpering but shouting. We're not going to leave with our head on down. We're not going to leave with, man, we better be out of here. But we're going to leave here praising God. We're going to leave here worshiping God. We're going to leave here with a children of Israel, when they left Egypt, they didn't leave poor and beggars. Amen. The Bible said that they came out with a high hand. Amen. I believe we're going to leave this earth with a high hand. Amen. God, we are just worshiping you, God. You are doing great things among us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we have a destiny. And we'll only get to that destiny if we map out the journey in advance and discipline ourselves to stay on course. You see, salvation, first of all, salvation is not procured at Ghost, make your mind up. Right, right. Make your mind up. I'm gonna get the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna receive the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm gonna go to the altar at the end of the service and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna say, Lord, I've repented of my sins, which is required. And Lord, I'm praising you right now. And I'm thanking you for the Holy Ghost, God. And Lord, I'm expecting you to give me the Holy Ghost. And that's the way I received it. I don't know how you received it, but that's the way I received it. That's the way everybody I talk to that receives the Holy Ghost. Says, well, I just, today's my day. Tonight's my night. This day is my day. I'm going to get it today. And they came down to an altar and said, God... Lord, you promised it to me. Lord, you've given it to all these others. Lord, I want it today. I don't want to live another day without it. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. I don't want to live one day in this earth without the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 God's favor and blessings are not accidental. It takes intentionality on our part. One of the best known Bible stories that illustrates what I'm talking about today is the story of David and Goliath. And I know you all know that story so very well. And some people see that story as a story of dumb luck. You know, here's this old shepherd boy. Goes out. Off 
You know where we find him? We find him on the backside of the desert tending sheep. You know, son, you're, you're the youngest of them. That brother Mark got to be you. Yeah. Brother Mark, you're the youngest, so you go out there and you cut the grass. You, you did a lot of that, didn't you? Yeah. 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 I, I didn't have to cut the grass because I was out on the job working, you know. So, so you had to you had to go cut the grass, you know. And uh, that's the way it was. It was like you're the baby. You go out there and tend the sheep. I got more important things for the other brothers to do. Yeah. And uh, David went out there and he was just tending sheep. Now, folks, some people would look at tending sheep as a dead end job. Right. A job that just, you know, that's menial labor. Many people, listen to me now, many people would have gone out there and said, I can't believe that that's my job. I got a kid sheep, you know. Uh, the other brothers, they get to go to the city and buy goods or do this or do that. And here I am, I have to watch these dumb sheep, you know, and sheep are dumb. And uh, so he said, you know, many people would have said, well, that's fine. If I got to do it, I'm going to make myself comfortable. Then I found him a shade tree and then knelt down under the shade tree or leaned against the shade tree and, and uh, just, you know, took a hat and put it down over their eyes and, you know, start sleeping. And then maybe every now and then, I would have peeked out from under the hat and go, yeah, they didn't look like they're okay. Fine, I can go back to sleep. But you know what? I don't believe David did that. In fact, David saw that obstacle you know, that, that menial nothing job as an opportunity to get ready for something greater. And so you know what I believe David did the whole time he was out there? I believe he found him a tree somewhere. And I don't know if he had a magic marker or what he had, if he had some paint or what. But I believe somehow he put him a bullseye on, on a tree or something. And uh, he got back, you know, maybe he started 20 paces away and and he said, let me see if I can hit that thing. And he took that slingshot and he started. Oh, man, I was four feet away from that thing. And he just kept on practicing and practicing and practicing until it got better and better with that slingshot. And he probably backed up to 30 paces or 40 paces and said, let me try it from here. And he got better and better, but he practiced. I believe the whole time he was out there in that menial job, in that little nothing, I'm a nobody, I'm, I'm, I'm just a shepherd, uh, in, in all that, I don't think he looked at it like that. Uh, I think David said, you know what, I, I believe that God's got something more important for me, God's got a destiny for me, and I'm going to get prepared for it, and so whatever the hand findeth to do, do it with your might. That's what the Bible says. Come on, somebody. In fact, you probably are not where God ultimately is going to use you in. He's probably got more things for you to do. Maybe there's going to be some more glorious things that you're going to accomplish for the Lord. But I'm telling you right now, give it all you've got. Be the best you can be. Make yourself as proficient as possible and get ready for the promotion that God has for you. Because you have a destiny. I believe David probably... Uh, you know, I don't know if he uh, got him a, a stick somewhere and maybe he, you know, whittled it a little bit. He said, this is my sword. And he got out there and was play fighting, you know, giants or whatever. And, and uh, But he was practicing. I'm, I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced that he practiced because David was a great warrior. 
When he became king, he was a great warrior. He was a mighty man of God. He didn't just learn. He didn't just like, you know, get up one day and go, well, I think today I'll be a mighty man of God. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. Why, why do we think that everything has to come easy? There's a purpose for work. There's a purpose for struggle. There's a purpose for obstacles. Your obstacles are actually an opportunity. They're an opportunity for you to overcome this so God can take you to that. Anybody hearing me today? So David went out there and he tended those sheep and he did the best he could. If it had been today, some people would have slept on a shade tree or they'd have got their cell phone and uh, whipped up a video game and, and, and played video games all day. But David said, no way, I'm going to do Tended those sheep all those years. Dad, I don't want to do that. You know, get the other brothers to do that. I, I've done that for six months. I, I'm tired of it. I ain't going to do it anymore. And all that time he had out there to practice and to practice and to get better at being a warrior, get better at throwing that slingshot, that, 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 that stone, and so forth. And he just went out there and he just stayed faithful to God. Can I tell you that God doesn't waste a day of your life. God's not going to waste any obstacle that you ever face. Uh, that obstacle is only going to be an opportunity for God to bless you and to help you grow in him. Somebody say amen. amen. David was going somewhere. David had his mind made up. He wasn't going to be a shepherd forever. And I challenge you this morning to make up your minds and answer the question, where do you want to go in God? What do you want to be in God? What do you want God to do in your life? What do you want God to do in this church? Are we have the group we have now? Hey, there's nothing wrong with the group we have now. I'm not saying that. But do we want to win more souls in Claremont? Oh, God, give us souls. Yes, that's right. God, give us souls. Brother Carlos, we live in a, a neighborhood, you and I, and Brother Cruz, them, we live in a neighborhood where there are literally, I don't know, thousands. If you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost, first of all, that needs to be the number one goal of your life. Yeah. If what your family or friends think is important to you, you all. What do you mean by the Holy Ghost? I said, the Holy Ghost. He said, you mean speak in tongues? I said, well, that's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. I said, so do they do that? No, they don't do that. I said, well, then why would you go to a church like that? 
That's right. I said, if they don't have the Holy Ghost there, if nobody's getting filled with the Holy Ghost and nobody's speaking in tongues and, and, and that's not evident, I said, why would you do that? He goes, well, you know, he said, but, but, you know, there's scriptures in the Bible about accepting the Lord and all. I said, really? Show them to me. Yeah. <laughs> They're not in there. I said, show them to me. I said, you know, if you believe, you will receive. And I said, all through the Bible, in the book of Acts, people received the Holy Ghost. Right. And I said, when they got the Holy Ghost, they all spoke in tongues. That's right. right. Amen. 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 I believe that is going in your life. I want the Holy Ghost in my life. Praise God. Pastor, if I could just encourage you in the coming weeks and months and years, amen, don't ever quit preaching about the Holy Ghost. Don't ever quit telling people about how to receive the Holy Ghost. That's the most important need in a person's life. It's more important than anything else. That's why the devil fights against it so much. People don't mind you going to church. They just don't want you to go to church where they have the Holy Ghost. Well, they're, they're a bunch of nuts over there, you know. Those people are crazy over there, you know. Now, you go to, and I can name some other churches, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Because they know that church is not going to change you at all. That church is not going to give you the Amen. It makes you better than you've ever been. Praise God. Praise God. You know, the Bible says we're going to be kings and priests with the Lord. Amen. Well, you know, you can't just be a king or a priest without some training. Right. So we need to trade for that, right? David's life shows us the difference between God's plan and Satan's plan. You see, God wanted to take David to the throne. Satan wanted to keep him a shepherd. You hear me, church? You know, it amazes me. I was studying just uh, recently, and I was just kind of dwelling on the fact of what uh, the world can do that we can't do. You know, if we're serving God, if we're dedicated to God. And and there's so many little things. It's just little things. It's not not anything. You know, it's like it's like, you know, the world can eat good food. Well, we eat good food. The world can drink. Well, we drink. We just don't drink what they drink. Amen. Uh, the world here's a big one. Now I'm, I'm gonna be playing here today. We're 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 adults here. The, the, the world, you know, they, they have sex. Well, I don't think these babies got here miraculously. <laughs> we just, what I'm trying to say, church, and you need to hear this, because this is important, is that the devil will try to say, oh, if you're out of the world, you can have so much fun. You can, you can have this, you can have that. Well, the This and do that and all this other stuff that the world does, but the devil doesn't tell you about all the problems, right. all the disease, all the all the uh, the, the the sleepless nights. Way you can live on earth. God doesn't withhold any good thing from those. I love him. Isn't that what the word says? He doesn't withhold any good things. Amen. I can just see David out there watching over the sheep as he wound up and he slung another rock. You know, and he said, oh, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm going somewhere. One day I'm going to be more than a shepherd. Now, this may be the most important point of this message. 
When did David get the opportunity to demonstrate his faith in God? If you ask that question to most people, they'll say, well, what when he walked out on that battlefield, that giant? Wrong. David got his chance to demonstrate his faith one day when he was watching sheep and a lion came into the midst. That's right. And he showed that he could be trusted to believe God to kill a lion. David showed his faith another time whenever a bear came into the midst and the bear uh, tried to attack the sheep and David killed the bear. That's right. That's when he demonstrated his faith. And all of those, the bear and the lion, listen to me now. The bear and the lion were preparation for the giant. Come on, somebody. You're facing some bears. Just know that God's not only going to give you the victory over the bear, but he's preparing you to kill a giant. He's preparing you for greater things. He's preparing you for greater blessings. He's preparing you for greater uh, victories in your life. And so David had faith in God, and God used him greatly. Praise God. If it weren't for the bear and it weren't for the lion, David would have probably been just like everybody else when he walked up on that battlefield and they were all hiding behind rocks and going, oh, you're big, he's mean, he's tough, we can't take him. And they're all shaking, you know, and, and uh, they weren't shaking the devil off. Yeah, exactly. They were just shaking in their boots from fear. <laughs> oh, man. David walked up there and said, guys, what's going on? Well, you know, there's I've killed a I've killed a lion. I want to be like David. Do you want to go somewhere? Yeah. Do you want to have a destination? Yeah. Do you want to be great in God? The boy, his brother, started talking him down. That was his oldest brother. His oldest brother came and said, "Oh, David, uh, you 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 can't do anything. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm the big brother, and and, and you know, I, if I can't do anything, I know you can't do anything." And you shouldn't be out here anyway. You need to be back home. And, and he started trying to tear him down. Oftentimes, people who want to live for God, the biggest battle they have to face is family. Yes. Family wants to discourage them. Are you going to go to that church? Really? They're a bunch of nuts over there. You know, I don't believe in that Jesus name baptism, you know. I, you know, well, what's wrong with the Father, Son, Holy Ghost? Well, well what do you mean you, you need to live a holy life? Who, you know, come on and go with me to the bar. And let's go, let's go out clubbing. No, I don't do that anymore. Right. God saved me from that. God's delivered me from that. I'm going somewhere. I'm getting closer to God. God is going to give me some spiritual victories. We're going to raise our children in the church. Amen. Oh, man, you ought to let that grandchild, you know, uh, go with us and go do such and such. And I'm sorry. We, we, we take a stand. There's some of those things that we don't do. That's right. Family. Folks, do not let family, do not let friends, do not let anyone or anything stop you from the destination that God has for you. You know, I was blessed that when I was uh, born and raised, I was raised in church, but it was just, it was by this woman. 
You know, this man wasn't in church at the time. A sinner. He was still back. He wasn't backslidden. He never had the Holy Ghost. He was just lost. And I remember as a little child, we'd try to get him to go to church. He'd be like, no, I won't go to church. You know, all right, Dad, but you know, Lord's going to come back and you're going to be lost. You're going to go to hell. You know, we tell him that. Yeah, we. Some of you go, well, I, I don't want to offend my family. My dad was going to hell. I didn't want to go to hell. If I had to scare him to go to church, I'd do it. You know? But we kept on witnessing to him and so forth. And he finally came to church. But you know what? Uh, he didn't go to the altar. He stood back there. I remember many times we'd have revivals. And he'd stand back there with white knuckles on the pews. Holding that pew like it was going to fall over if he didn't if he let go, and he gripped it. I mean, he squeezed that, and then come up around him, wonderful saints of God. They say, George, why don't you let's go to the altar? He and I remember seeing him. He'd just stand there and go. <laughs> he wouldn't say anything. He'd just go. <laughs> and finally, man, we had a, a revival one time, and, and 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 the preacher preached, and and he was doing the same thing, and all of a sudden. I forget, I think it was his sister. His sister came and she said, Bobby Jean, who just passed away, Sister Brigman, she came and said, George, come on, let's go to the altar. And he said, okay. They went to the altar. Yeah. Folks, do you love your family? I know you do. If you love your family, you got to preach to them. you got to tell them. Don't, don't beat around the bush with them. You know, this man I was talking to yesterday, he's running for Congress, you know. So what? What do I care? You know, he's still lost. That's right. You know, and I told him, I said, you need the Holy Ghost. I said, you need to receive the Holy Ghost the same way they got in the book of Acts. That's right. You know, if you love your family, and I don't know why I'm saying this because it's not in my notes or anything, but if you love your family, be a witness to them. Yes. And please, whatever you do, don't let them be a witness to you. Don't let them be a spiritual influence on you. They're lost. Okay, you need to be a spiritual influence in their life. But why do you have to go to church every Sunday? Why do you have to pay tithes? Why do you have to pray? Why do you have to worship? Why do you, why do you, why do you? It's not a why do you, it's I want to. I want to live for God. I want to please God. Tell me if you don't do this, then it's not a matter of if you don't. Right. It's a matter of I want to. Right. I want to please the Lord. I want to serve God. I want to have a destiny in heaven. I want to go somewhere. I want to have victory in my life. I want my children to be saved. I want my grandchildren to be saved. That's why I do what I do. I want God to save me and my family. Praise God. Praise God. When David walked in there, everybody was faithless. Even the king, Brother Mark. The king himself. He was so faithless and so powerless that he was trying to buy courage from the men of his army. He was trying to bribe them into having some courage. Oh, if you'll go out there and face that giant, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm not going. Uh, he didn't have anybody raise their hand. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, if that's not enough, I'll tell you what else I'll do. If you'll go out there, I I'll let you marry my daughter. She's beautiful. You'll be a prince. 
No, no hands went up. He said, well, all right, I'll, I'll sweeten the pot a little bit. I'll not only give you a big amount of money, and I'll give you my daughter, whole family tax-free in the kingdom. Man, no taxes. Well, wouldn't that be nice? I just wish they'd get the price of gas down. But uh, nobody took it. And David came up, and they rehearsed that in his ears. They said, yeah, you know, he'll do this, he'll do this, he'll do this. And David said, and you know what? Where's the line? Where's the line? Everybody's standing and going, yeah, I'll go. I want to. Oh, no, there ain't no line. No one doing that. David said, I'll do it. And they tried to. Just like the world does with you and me. Try to talk us out of living with God. Doing the right thing. David said, no, I'm going to do it. And uh, the king said, well, son, listen, I know you're not, you're not, you're not really capable, so let me give you my armor. You know the story. They put his armor on and David, and David thing all weighed down, and he couldn't, it was too big and bulky and too heavy. And going around here today. Amen. I saw somebody walking around the, 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 the church house here, and uh, you know, we, we worship God. We, we, we don't worship God like this. We worship God with a shout. We worship God with our hands lifted up. We worship God with a loud voice. That's what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to express our worship. Amen. We speak in tongues. We jump up and down. We run. We dance in the spirit. Hallelujah. That's what we need to be. I almost called some denominations out. We're not them. We're apostolic. We're Pentecostal. We're full of the Holy Ghost. We've got God's power in us. We're not ashamed of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, somebody may look at me. Forget about who's looking at you. The only one I care about looking at me is Jesus. Amen. And I'm not worshiping for anybody else. I'm worshiping for Jesus. I'm praising for Jesus. destination. Yes. David had a destination. That's right. Amen. He believed that he had a destination. And this is what separated him from everybody else. So my word for you today is quit complaining about your lack and start training for the abundance God wants to give you. Amen. <sighs> Somebody needs to tell the enemy today my current status is not my permanent status. Amen. Did you hear me? Amen. I wasn't always a bishop. Amen. But I said, God, I'm going to do something great for you. Lord, I'm going to build churches for you. I'm going to win souls for you, God. And then I started off with just me and my wife and three Spanish children. But I said, God, I'm going to keep on plugging away and I'm going to keep on teaching Bible studies and I'm going to keep on praying and I'm going to keep on worshiping you and I'm going to keep on having faith in you, God. Amen. 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 God gave me a destiny. Yes. And God took me to a destiny. And I don't believe God's done with me yet. Well, that's all well and good, Bishop, but that doesn't apply to my life. You know Satan's number one weapon he fights with and he uses against you? The number one weapon 
fear. Fear. Fear is not of God. You know the first time that anybody was afraid ever? It was in the garden. After Adam and Eve sinned and ate of the fruit, the Bible said the Lord came looking for them. They were hiding, weren't they? What does the Bible say? Why were they hiding? Because they were afraid. First time fear comes in is sin. Satan wants to make you afraid. He wants to make you afraid of uh, believing in God that he's going to give you the Holy Ghost. He wants, you to, he wants to make you afraid that God is not going to fulfill his promise to bless you, to provide for you, to take care of you. That's why when we talk about tithes and we talk about building funds and giving and all, you know, some people, they just go, oh, man, I, you know, I've only got X number of dollars in the bank. And, you know, and I, 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 if I give that, I won't have anything. And what you're really saying is that I don't have faith. I'm afraid that God can't provide for me. That's what it is. You're saying, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And we're human, so we all have the ability to have fear. But you see, and, 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 and I honestly believe this. I believe that David, when he walked out on that battlefield, his natural eyes said, That's a big dude. <laughs> He's not blind. Yep. He walks out there and he's like, wow, I never fought one that big. And that dude is out there, and I mean, he's bellowing out, Lord, give me a man and I'll tear him apart and I'll feed him to the dogs. There you go, brother. <laughs> Come on up here. Come up here. We're going to do this. We're going to do it right. And David's like, and this guy's challenging him. And David and his natural eyes are like, well, I'm not stupid. That's a big guy right there. And he's waving and ranting and, you know, come on, I'll take any one of you. You just send me a man. And David's like, so did David have any fear? Maybe. Did, was he was he human? Yes. So could he have had some fear? Absolutely. Watch this. But he didn't allow his fear to overcome his faith. But I know somebody who can take you down a notch. Devil, you come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. Let us take our faith from God. Let us believe the Lord. Let this church grow and see miracle after miracle. Hallelujah. Don't let Satan hold you back. That is my hope for you today. Don't let him hold you back. Don't let him tell you that where you are today is where you're going to be a year from now. That's right. You're facing today, you're going to keep on facing them. No, you're going to overcome them. You're going to be victorious. And you're going to move on to greater things because God 
has their destiny for you. Praise God. Praise God. Musicians, let's, let's play. Let's sing. Amen. We want to worship God today. As we begin to worship God today and faith is rising up. victory. Just come on down to the altar. This is not just for those that need the Holy Ghost. When 